Today's episode is sponsored by The Glow Candle Bar, a female-owned and operated, all-natural, handmade, and hand-poured soy candle company. For the month of May, Black Girls of Purpose podcast listeners can receive 30% off your candle purchases by visiting glowcandlebar.net and using coupon code BGWP. Purpose peeps, you're tuned into the Black Girls with Purpose podcast, and I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith. I hope you are having a great week. This month on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the book of Esther. We're going to be doing an in-depth Bible study, and we'll just discuss a few different things. So I'm excited to jump into this series, and I hope you're ready to jump in with me. I'm actually recording this episode fresh off my trip to New York. Uh, It was such a wonderful time. It it made me feel like a queen. My dad had prearranged all of the details from where we stay to which car was going to pick us up to what shows we were going to see. And it just was such a beautiful thing. And I remember being on the plane as we were headed back to Dallas and just thinking about how God does the same thing for you and me, that he goes before us, that he sets up all the details and the arrangements that we need. And he does the same thing for the queen we're going to meet in this series, Esther. Uh, We're going to talk more about her story. But I just thought about how intentional God was that he sent me on this trip to NYC, made me feel like a queen, and then I came back and we're doing this Esther series. I've actually been looking at the life of Esther for the past month and a half at least. I listened to the Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans from Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship sermon series on Esther earlier this year. And then I went to this Bible study hosted by Ebony King of Tabitha's Tea Party. And she was talking about Esther. And so I said, okay, God, I feel like we're supposed to talk about Esther this month on the podcast. We had actually arranged to do a different series, but that's what happens when you're yielding to the Holy Spirit. You just move as he leads. Now, what's so special about the book of Esther, and I found this out by listening to the Tony Evans sermon series, is that the book of Esther is the only book of the Bible where the name of God is not mentioned. You won't find the name G-O-D in capital or lowercase mentioned anywhere in the book of Esther. And I thought that was so interesting because we know that God is always present, right? But in the book of Esther, he is literally moving behind the scenes. And so I'm really excited about this series and about the next few weeks, because I know that I have been in a season over the past two and a half years, at least, where I feel like there are certain things that God's been doing behind the scenes and I didn't understand them in the moment, but now I'm starting to see, oh, this is what you were doing for me. This is what you're doing. This is why, okay, you were moving that person in place. I needed to meet this person at this airport or I needed to have this conversation first or whatever the case may be. And so my hope is that through this series, you can see how God does not waste a thing. I know that even in situations where you feel like you may have messed up, you're like, okay, God clearly can't use me because I can't get anything right. But if you read the book of Esther, which we'll be doing together over the next few weeks, you'll see God can even move through foolish things. He can move through evil things. He can use people who are not even his to do things for his glory. And so if you are his child, how much more will he use you if he'll use people who don't even acknowledge who he is? So I'm excited about this series. I'm praying it's going to be a series full of encouragement because 
the enemy wants so much to attack your identity, who you are in God, but we're not having any of that. And I am committed to helping you understand that God has big plans for you and you are positioned for a purpose. So that's actually our episode title for today. And that's what we're going to talk about for this first week. We're going to talk about just the life of Esther and in the beginning stages and how he was positioning her to accomplish something greater for his glory. Before we get into the episode for today, I do want to invite everyone to attend our live Instagram Bible studies that we just started last week. So every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, we'll be diving into God's word together. I think it's going to be a great way to continue to grow this community and to interact in a more engaged way. So when we're all here on the podcast, you may be listening, you may be like, yes, Brie, but on there on Instagram live, we'll be able to talk back and forth, which I think is going to be a great thing. So if you're not following us on Instagram, make sure you do that at Black Girls With Purpose, and then make sure that you turn on your notifications so that you don't miss when we go live. Again, that's every Tuesday, 7 p.m. CST. Now with all of that out of the way, let's get into the episode for this week. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, God. Thank you for this time in your word. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, just to spend time with you and um, to encourage the people who are listening, God. I thank you for every podcast listener, Lord, every person who subscribes to our email list, God, because they're your children and you love them dearly. And I am so grateful that you share them with me. God, I pray that as we dive into this Esther series, Lord, that you will allow all of us to get exactly what it is that we need, that you will help us to read between the lines and understand even if this book of the Bible may seem foreign or it's not something we've read previously or we we haven't heard a lot about Esther, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will provide understanding. God, I also pray that for everyone who's listening, that they will go back and read your word for themselves, God, that they won't rely solely on me, but that they will say, you know what? I know that's what she said it says, but let me read it for myself because I know personally that when I go back and read your word, the revolution uh, or the revelation is it's deeper and it's, it's more personal. So that's what I'm praying for everyone who's listening. God, I just pray that you'll bring clarity. I pray victory over any confusion, Lord, any guilt or shame over anyone who's listening, God, that they uh, have been coming against text of the enemy and feeling like they are not worthy. Lord God, we know that your word says that We are a chosen people, Lord God, that we are royalty in your sight. And so, Lord God, I just pray that they would walk in that royalty today, that everything that we do will be pleasing to you, Lord God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I said today and this, the next several weeks are going to be a little bit different than previous series because God has only given me bullet points. So I am completely 100% just following the Holy Spirit's lead. But each week, I know he's at least given me this. We're going to look at a couple chapters at a time, and then I'll go back and share the insight that he's given to me. Today, we're going to be looking at Esther chapter 2 through 4, and I'm going to be highlighting specific verses that he gave to me. The title for today's episode and the lesson, if you missed it in the beginning, is Position for a Purpose. And on a overview level, I'll just be sharing how God uses everything for his glory, how he puts people and places in our path, all these P's, in order to tell a larger story. So a little bit of background for Esther. We're going to be focusing on two through four, but a little bit of background in what happens in chapter one of Esther. There is a king 
and there is a queen and the king throws this big party. It's like a six month party. If you go and read uh, Esther chapter one, verses four, it said that the king celebrated for 180 days. And at the end of the six month party, he tells his eunuchs who are people in his command, he tells them to go and get his wife, Queen Vashti. And he wants her to come and walk around and show off her beauty. And Queen Vashti talks to him and was like, I don't know who you think you is, basically. And she's like, I don't know what you think this is, but I'm not coming to parade around you and your little friends. And so he gets upset naturally because that was very disrespectful, especially because he had all these people waiting on her to come. And then he's like, wait, wait, she's not coming. Oh, what else did she say to you? Oh, she said what? And so this is all happening in, in, in the public eye. And when she disrespects him, he goes to his guys and he's like, okay, well, what should I do? Like, I, I don't know. She said she's not coming. What should I do? This is the Brie Lightfoot Smith version of the Bible. And they tell him, oh, well, you gotta, you gotta kick her out. She can't be queen because if she is disrespecting you, then that means that our wives are gonna think they can disrespect us. They're gonna say, oh, well, if the queen did it and her husband's the king, you just basic. So I definitely don't need to respect you. And they are not trying to have that. So that's what it, the king ends up doing. He removes Vashti's crown. And a few months later, it just, it just says sometime later. Now I'm in, in Esther chapter two, verse one. It says sometime later when King Ahadjuarius' rage had cooled down, he remembered Vashti, what she had done and what was decided against her. Verse two, the king's personal attendant suggested, let a search be made for beautiful young women for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in each province of his kingdom so that they may assemble all the beautiful young women to the harem at the fortress of Susa. Put them under the care of Haggai, the king's eunuch who is in charge of the women, and give them the required beauty treatments. Then the young woman who pleases the king will become instead of become queen instead of Vashti. This suggestion pleased the king, and he did accordingly. So they basically say they're going to go and do a search for a new queen and they are going to, if you think about the movie Cinderella with Brandy in it, this is just coming to me, but if you think about that movie, they were the king and had everybody like organizing all these women trying to see who was the woman at the ball, like who was the one who fit the glass shoe? And and so in the same way, he had people gathering people from different provinces and trying to figure out, okay, where's my, my son's queen, queen to be? That's what this king did. He said, okay, we're going to send this people out to the east, these people out to the west. Everybody's going to collect the most beautiful women from their province, and then they're going to bring them to me. So now we're picking up at Esther 2, verse 7, and it says, Mordecai was the legal guardian of his cousin Hadassah, that is Esther, because she didn't have a father or mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure and was extremely good looking. When her father and mother died, Mordecai had adopted her as his own daughter. When the king's command and edict became public knowledge, many young women gathered at the fortress of Susa under Haggai's care. Esther was also taken to the palace and placed under the care of Haggai, who was in charge of the women. So we see right here that Esther gets looped into this collective of women who could potentially be queen. And that's actually where our lesson kicks off because God shows me and showed me through this and, and will show you that we, when we're positioned for a purpose, we have to pay attention to three things. And we're going to see all of those in her story. 
The first thing that we see in Esther's story is that when you are positioned for a purpose, your preparation may come suddenly. The second thing that we see is that when you are positioned for a purpose, you have to trust the process. And then the third thing that we see is that when you are positioned for a purpose, you have to wait to be positioned in front of the king. And I'm going to share the specific verses that go through each one of those keys, but I want you to have those up front so that you can be meditating on them throughout this lesson today. So picking up at verse nine, it says the young woman pleased him and gave favor so that he accelerated the process of the beauty treatments and the special diet that she received. Esther was brought into this collective of women who were going to be queen. And then Haggai comes in and he really likes what he sees. He looks at Esther. He's like, okay, she's beautiful. He shows her favor and he accelerated her process. And we'll share in a little bit when we talk about having to trust the process, what that process was. But basically there was something special about Esther that stood out immediately and he showed her special treatment. And I think that that's something you're going to see that that preparation has to come may come suddenly. I feel like I'm in a season where I've shared this. If you've listened to the, the Sabbath and self-care series, God had me not doing anything, any work for seven months. The podcast was the only thing I was producing and I wasn't really sure when I would experience my release. I think in some ways God still has me hidden, but I am quote unquote suddenly finding myself in a position to do a lot more, a lot quicker. If you follow us on Instagram, you know that I sent out a invitation for sponsors last week asking people if they'd be interested in sponsoring the podcast. And the response that I got was overwhelming and I know that it's because it was God's timing. It's like, I actually have a sponsorship packet that I made back in 2017 for Black Girls of Purpose. And I had the format, I had the copy, everything. And I didn't really know why God had me making it. I thought it might be because we were gonna do another conference, but 2017 was the last conference we had and I don't know when our next one will be. But I thought it was just so interesting because he had already been preparing me behind the scenes. And it makes me think of Esther here that before the king is even going to be meeting her, she's being prepared behind the scenes. And that her preparation while she was in hiding, it came suddenly. Haggai saw her. He was like, oh, yes, she's going to be a great candidate for the king. I'm going to show her some special treatment. So even if you've been in position of hiding and you feel like all of a sudden God is having you do all these things, get excited because that means he is positioning you to do something awesome and there's going to be a greater purpose behind it that you may not be able to see. So the second thing that we see if we are positioned for a purpose is that we have to trust the process. Now, I just said that, hey, guy, Saul, Esther, he was pleased with her. She gained favor in his sight, so he accelerated her process. And it said the process includes beauty treatment. So if you go down to verse 12, it says, during the year of during the year before each young woman's turn to go to King Ahasuerus, the harem regulation required her to receive beauty treatments with oil of myrrh for six months and then with perfumes and cosmetics for another six months. So this was a 12-month process for one night with the king because that's how he was going to select his queen he brought her in for a night they slept together i mean it's it's not said verbatim but it's suggested they slept together and then if he liked her he would either bring her back or he would decide okay i'm gonna make her queen 
And we'll see how, how that worked out for Esther in a little bit. But it says you have to trust the process. I don't know about y'all, but 12 months of me beautifying myself seems a little bit excessive. And if you listen to the Sabbath and self-care series, you know that I also said last month that I felt like God had me fasting back to back, back to back, back to back. It was like, okay, don't eat this. Okay, you can eat now. Okay, don't eat now. Fast from social media. And it seemed like he was doing the most to me. But I'm learning now, and I was talking with one of my sisters in Christ this morning about how God will bring us through different processes based on what we need. She was sharing how God had laid on her heart the verse that talks about old wine not being able to be put into new wineskins. And if you think about it, that's so applicable to everything. If you are someone who has lost weight, let's say, for example, and you were trying to fit in fit into your old clothes they don't fit anymore and I'm, I'm even reminded of king david before he was king when he was going out to fight goliath saul tried to give him his armor and it was too big it didn't fit and so the reason why we have to trust the process even when it seems like it's it's excessive is because god sees things that we don't see and he knows what the preparation needs to be so for me Preparation in this season is fasting, not eating certain things, not eating after a certain time. And while I may say, God, this seems like you're doing the most, I have to trust that he knows what I need. And the Bible doesn't talk about why they had to do six months of myrrh or six months of perfume and cosmetics. But they knew what they were doing. That was the preparation. That was the standard. And so it's like, okay, you can trust the process or you can get out. Basically, if you don't go through these six months of this and six months of that, then you don't get to you don't even get the possibility. You don't even get the potential. You don't even get the opportunity to be queen. And. I think that's something else we have to note is, okay, if we don't trust the process, if we don't yield to the process, if we say, I like this part, but not that part, then we may be taking ourselves out of the running. And I don't know about y'all, but I want everything that God has for me. So she goes through this six month process or the 12 month process, the six months of oil, and then the six months of perfume and cosmetics. And then it says, in Esther 2 verse 13 that whenever a woman would finish that process she would go to the king and she was given whatever she requested to take with her from the harem to the palace it says she would go in in the evening and in the morning she would return to a second harem under the supervision of of the king's eunuch in charge of the concubines it says she never went to the king again unless he desired her and summoned her by name so now we're in Esther 2 verse 15 It says, Esther was the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had adopted her as his own daughter. When her turn came to go to the king, she did not ask for anything except what Haggai, the king's trusted official in charge of the harem, suggested. Esther won approval in the sight of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Ahasuerus in the royal palace in the 10th month, the month Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. She won more favor and approval from him than did any of the other young women. He placed the royal crown on her head and made her queen in place of Vashti. Now, y'all, you see, this is only, we've only read chapter two and we talked about one and two. So this is at verse 17 in chapter two. So the middle of chapter two, Esther becomes queen. It happened that suddenly. 
but you have to notice there was a process to it. First, she understood that her preparation came suddenly. Then she trusted the process, the six month of oil and the six month of perfume and cosmetics. But the last piece is the most important piece. She had to wait to be positioned in front of the king. So go back to verse 15. It says, when her turn came to go to the king. When her turn came to go to the king. Y'all, this is the part that ministered most to me because when you know your value, it is sometimes hard to wait to be positioned in front of your quote unquote king, whether that looks like your boss at work and you've had this really, really great presentation and you have a product idea or you have a new project idea or proposal, you have to wait to be positioned in front of your king. And I know for me, there have been so many times where I will go to an event and I will see women who are speaking and it's not out of jealousy. I promise you it's not out of jealousy, but I'm just like, oh gosh, Lord, like I could be up there too, right? I could I could say that. I, I have that kind of ministry inside of me and there have been people that I've met that have similar ministries that may be bigger than Black Girls of Purposes currently. And Sometimes pride wants to raise up and say, hey, like I have an organization too. Look at all the stuff we're doing and God will quiet me. He will be like, I will let you know when you need to say anything. But this is not one of those times. You don't, this is not about you right now. And that requires humility to go and serve under someone else or to go and watch people get what you feel like you should be getting not, not instead of them but also alongside them where you're like okay god there's enough room for them and for me but this life of esther or this part in esther's life shows us we have to be we have to wait to be positioned in front of the king but notice when she waited her elevation came suddenly it says that she won more favor and approval from him than it did any other women. And he placed the royal on her head and made her queen in place of Vashti. So even going back to the fact that it says that she was taken to King Ahasuerus in the royal palace in the 10th month of his reign, or the 10th month in the seventh year of his reign, that means that people had come before her already, that she had already gone through her beautification process and she still had to wait. Even once she had gone through the process, she still had to wait to be positioned in front of the king. And I think that's the part that that's where I am right now is waiting for my time in front of the king to say, here's what it is that I've been doing. Here are the possibilities. And I'm reminded of this movie I watched on the plane yesterday. Yes. When we were headed back from New York, the se movie second act with Jennifer Lopez. I don't know, now that I now that the word is usually my entertainment, I see how God will still bring biblical truth through movies that I watch. And I'm thinking about how Jennifer Lopez, spoiler alert if you haven't seen this already, but Jennifer Lopez goes to have a presentation in front of these big corporate executives for this product that she sells. And she had allowed a lie to get her to that position in the first place. And so she doesn't do the presentation. But fast forward one year later, and she is actually able to start this business that she, that was based on an idea that was introduced in the very beginning of the movie. And as a writer, I love when people bring things full circle, but it, I promise y'all, you're like, really, Brie, you were watching second act with Jennifer Lopez and you were brought to tears, but it brought 
tears to me because I thought about how intentional God is, how he doesn't waste a thing and how even if she had done that presentation and people had gotten over the lie that she told to get to where she was, that wouldn't have been a space for her to walk into the fullness of who she was called to be. So she could have settled and said, okay, well, this is my shot. I'm going to take it. But because she told the truth and walked down from that position basically, and then waited to be raised up to a position, she was exactly where she was supposed to be. And even the person who ended up doing the angel investing, he was in the audience at the big presentation that she was going to give that she ended up passing on. And that just tells me you have probably already met everyone you're supposed to meet. Not in your whole life, but in terms of this specific thing that God is giving you to do, whether it be a book that you're supposed to write, whether it is a a product that you're going to launch, whether it is a ministry, you probably already know everyone you're supposed to know, but it's just not time yet. It's not time for that thing to be birthed in you. And while it may be frustrating to wait, you have to understand that God is always going to do what he is predestined to do. He's not going to waste it. If he put it inside of you, it's because he wants it to come out of you. And we get confirmation of this in Ephesians 2 and 10, because it says that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he predestined beforehand. But he will allow us to go through some seasons and some situations that purify us of things that can mess us up when we do get in the right positioning. For Esther, for example, going back to this 12-month preparation, the six months of oil, six months of of perfume. Let's say the six months of oil is to purify you because we know like we know from biblical standpoint that oil is is used for anointing. It's used for healing. Maybe maybe it's they put the oil on to rid her of any kind of disease. And so if she doesn't yield to that process, then that means that there are some some really foul things that are in her that are going to come out after she becomes queen. And they can't take that kind of risk. So they're like, no, no, no. We're going to have a six-month process of you sitting here being soaking up in this oil so it can remove any impurities. And that's where you may be right now. God has you in the sixth month of oil. He's removing impurities. I talked to one of my friends in New York when I was there this past weekend and was just asking her about community. And she said, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm building community right now, but I know that I hadn't had community before because there were some things that God needed to bring out of me. And he didn't need me to be distracted by anybody. And that's often why I think he'll allow us to be hidden because Everyone doesn't need to see the process. Not everyone needs to see you struggling. And Ebony King, the one, the founder of Tabitha's Tea Party, she was saying at the Bible study that I attended a few weeks ago, she said, sometimes I don't share everything because I can't give you a reason to discredit me. And there may be people who, if they saw your full journey, they would discredit you and say, well, she doesn't need to be in ministry. She used to smoke. She used to drink. She got pregnant at 17. I don't know what your story is, but God knows what your story is. And he wants to bring beauty through those things. But in order for him to do that, you have to trust the process and you have to allow him to do the positioning. So we're actually about to wrap up for this week, but I wanted to end this episode with the focus verse of the week that just ties all of this together. So before I do that, I want to give you some background. So that was Esther 2, 
17 when she becomes queen. In between then, Mordecai, her cousin, saves the king. Here's these there are these two guys who are talking about killing the king. Mordecai tells Esther, Esther tells the king, and then they, they're able to thwart the plans and the, the king ends up living. Okay, cool. So then in chapter three, Haman, who is like basically the king's right hand man, he's really cocky. I'll just say he's really cocky. And he encounters Mordecai and wants Mordecai to bow down to him. And Mordecai's like, no, I'm not bowing down to anybody who's not God. Like that's shenanigans. And so then Haman is, as I said, cocky, starts feeling himself. He's super upset that Mordecai won't bow to him. And so he decides he's going to kill Mordecai but not just Mordecai he's gonna kill all the Jews and he rolls some dice to decide when he's gonna kill them and it ends up being a year from that date right and so Mordecai tells Esther he's like hey you know they're they're gonna kill me they're talking about killing me and all of the Jews and he wants her to go and plead on behalf of the Jews to the king and Esther basically says like, oh no, I can't do that. You have to be invited to talk to the king. Like if I go before him, I could lose my life. And so the, the her response is reported back to Mordecai. <laughs> and Mordecai basically is like, oh sis, you done forgot yourself. It's in verse 13, Esther 4 verse 13. He says, don't think you will escape the fate of all the Jews because you are in the king's palace. If you keep silent at this time, liberation and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place, but you and your father's house will be destroyed. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And that is the whole summary of this first episode of being positioned for a purpose. No matter what your process was, no matter, no matter if you are in front of the king right now or you are waiting to be positioned in front of the king, no matter if your preparation has come suddenly, God is positioning you for something. It's not just for you. Spoiler alert. It's not just for you. It's never just about you. He's always trying to do something bigger. And I'm reminded of Dr. Tony Evans' series as well in this because he said if even our salvation if our salvation was all about us then we would accept Jesus Christ as our savior and then we would get pulled to heaven but there's a greater mission behind it it can't just be about you and your success and I know this was convicting for me because when God first gave me Black Girls a Purpose, I was not trying to do it. I just wanted to be an author and a speaker. I wanted to write books and I wanted people to pay me to speak. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to travel across the country. It was going to be great. And he gave me Black Girls a Purpose in 2016. And I saw that while I did have the desire to help women apply biblical truths and not just talk about them in the book, I wanted to meet with them personally and say, okay, in this chapter where we talk about eating intentionally, like, what does that mean to you? How have you struggled with that previously? I saw that Black Girls of Purpose was also my legacy because at the end of the day, I can write a bajillion books and people can read those books long after I'm gone. That's a beautiful thing. But if I'm, even if I just want to be a speaker, once I die, that's it. I know we're in the age of YouTube where people can go back and watch my videos, but I don't get to interact with people personally after I have left this earth. And so Black Girls of Purpose was an extension of me because it created a space for me to 
create courses and do workshops and have curriculum and uh, incorporate other facilitators and even start this nonprofit Unity Queens that is an even greater extension of the ministry. And I saw it can't just be about me. You don't want me to just be a speaker and an author because what does that do for the kingdom at large ultimately? How am I helping other people get where you predestined them to be? And that's why I'm so excited about this sponsorship opportunity for Black Girls of Purpose because I can't lie, y'all. If you gave me some money last year, I'd be like, okay, I'm about to have this big salary. Like, this is about to be a blessing. Yes, Lord, thank you. Now he has given me vision for Black Girls of Purpose and I am trying to do some incredible things. I'm trying to mentor young women. I'm trying to hire employees. I am trying to sew back into businesses that have blessed me. Even women who come on our podcast every month that are entrepreneurs, I wanna be able to sow a seed back into their business just for them sharing their story with me. I wanna say, okay, you know, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I wanna buy four of your books for members of our community or I wanna buy five of your candles or I want to order your coaching services and give it to someone who has been listening. I don't know what all the businesses will be, but I know that this is an opportunity for me to continue sowing seeds. But God had to purify me first to even get me thinking like that because Aubrey was completely selfish. Everything was about me. And now I see I've been positioned for a purpose for such a time as this. And even him moving us to Texas when he did back in November. At the time, I'm like, okay, God, I feel like we just really got started here in New Orleans. But as I always say, he can see something I can't see. And now I know I'm starting to see just little glimpses, not big things, but little glimpses of, Oh, that's why we have to be in Dallas. Oh, this is the person I need to be. Oh, this person I met way back here is actually coming to a season where we can do something that's beneficial mutually. And that's really exciting to me to see, okay, God, this is what you've been positioning me for. And so I don't know where you are. As I said, I don't know if you are in that part where you have have realized that your preparation is going to come suddenly. I don't know if you're having to trust the process or if you are understanding that you have to wait to be positioned in front of the king. But my prayer is that by you understanding you have been positioned for a purpose, it's going to enlarge your thinking. So that is it for this week, y'all. I do want to close out with our verse of the week and our song for the week. So our verse of the week is Esther 4.14. Who knows, perhaps you have been positioned in your royal position for such a time as this. And then the song for the week is New Wine by Hillsong Worship. I think it's going to bless you as you listen to it this this week. And it just really talks about how we have to trust the process, even when it doesn't make sense to us, because we know that God is trying to do a new thing. And then I do want to close out by giving you a call to action. So I said previously that it's highly likely if you're in a season where you feel like God is calling you to do something new, you have everything that you need. And if you're subscribed to our newsletter, which you can do by going to blackgirlswithpurpose.org slash join, then you know what I said last week that I've been waiting on all these people and all these businesses to sponsor the podcast and God said start with the businesses that are already in your community so now we're looking for 10 small female-owned businesses to sponsor the black girl with purpose podcast in one of four ways 
Number one, you can give a one-time financial gift to the Black Girls of Purpose ministry, and you can do that by going to blackgirlswithpurpose.org slash give. Number two, you can donate an item we can give to our listeners from your business, and we'll shout you out during a special segment. Number three, if you're a product-based business or a service-based business, offer a coupon code to our listeners that we'll share on the podcast so we can send some web traffic your way. And then number four, this is a big one, you can sign up for a formal sponsorship in which you'll receive a number of benefits from donating monthly. I think that God is going to do something so great over the course of the next year that we'll have to see it to believe, but I don't want to arrive to the promised land on my own. I want to bring you with me. I'm praying that you will pray and ask God if he wants you to financially partner with, sponsor, support Black Girls with Purpose, or as I always call us, BGWP. And if you decide that he does, then please email me directly, B-R-I-E at blackgirlswithpurpose.org so I can get you the details that you need. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode for this week. I'm really grateful to have you as a part of our community. Next week, we're going to be talking about what it means to be elevated on assignment. So we'll be discussing the three main keys and we'll be reading more into the book of Esther. So look forward to that next week.